when I talk about selling, frequently I tell a little story. While it's more of a little joke, it kind of always gets a laugh. But I think it makes an important point. You know, you can spot a salesman sometimes from their body language, their behavior, their dress, and the sounds they make, the things they say. And frequently people, when encountering a salesperson, will throw up a form of defense. A lot of times, they want to cut to the chase, they want to get to the point, and they ask a question. And how you answer that question, I think, says a lot about your perspective on sales and selling. They'll ask the question, what are you selling? And very frequently, when I found myself in this situation, I've used the exact same response consistently, but I also use it in telling the story or joke as I'm sharing it here with you. When someone says, what are you selling? My favorite response is, what do you want to buy? And it usually, like I said, gets a little bit of a chuckle, but it gets the conversation rolling and I found it always gets the conversation rolling in the right direction. Because rather than presenting what I'm selling, going into a pitch, I go to a question to begin the discovery process in order to move the sales conversation forward. I'm so very happy to have you here today for the next installment of the $100,000 Haircutter Podcast. Today, the conversation is selling by listening. Let's get into the program. Well, hello, Ivan here. Welcome to the Be a $100,000 Haircutter podcast. This is season two, episode number three. This is number three in the series of eight weeks, eight podcasts, eight focuses on the selling process behind the haircutting chair. I'm so very happy to have you here and excited to share this program today because I think it casts selling from a different perspective in a different light, and looks at things from a little bit of a different direction. As many of you know, I grew up and continue to live in the greater Chicago metropolitan area. And in the world of sales, in the world of marketing, in the world of retailing, an icon of Chicago, of course, was the Marshall Fields department store chain. Not so very long ago, Marshall Fields was folded into and acquired by the Macy's organization. The flagship store now carries the Macy's name. But for many of us Chicagoans, it's still Marshall Fields. We still call it Fields. Many of us uh, grew up with that brand and its uh, iconic position in sales in Chicago. And if you ever want to read about it or learn a little bit about Macy, about uh, Marshall Fields, you should read the story. I think it's a a biography of Marshall Field, but more it's a biography of the store itself. And you know what the name of the biography is? You know what the name of the book is when you jump on Amazon to get the book? The name of the book is Give the Lady What She Wants. Give the Lady What She Wants. And that has always resonated with me as a salesperson. Kind of ties back to the comment, the little joke, the little line that I used to introduce the podcast. What are you selling? What do you want to buy? It's about flipping the script, flipping the perspective, and approaching sales from a questioning, from a discovery position, from a learning process. 
by asking great questions. Now to give you a story from my background in sales, um, a number of years ago, it's probably not quite 20 years ago, um, I became aware of a guy by the name of Jeffrey Gitmer, G-I-T-O-M-E-R. Look him up, check him out. Uh, he's an author, he's written a number of books, he's a columnist specializing in sales, he's a trainer, he's a motivational speaker. I believe for many, many years he wrote a column, maybe still does, for the Charlotte Observer. He's from North Carolina. And... I started following Mr. Gitmer. I started reading his books. I love his books. His sales Bible is just a great, great book for aspiring, successful, professional salespeople. But um, Gitmer, as we like to call him, got out on the road. He was touring. He was doing presentations. And I saw he was coming to a town not far from the office where I was working. And so I reached out to my boss and I said, hey, and my boss knew this guy. I said, hey, Gitmer's coming to town. I want to go see him. Can I use my company credit card and buy a ticket? Now, of course, my boss understood the power and the value of continuing education and training. And my boss's response was, I'm going to be in town that day. Use your card. Buy two tickets. I'll go with you. Well, this was going to be a great opportunity. Not only was it time to spend with my boss, which would always be valuable, and it was time to see a guy that I looked up to and admired, somebody who I'd read, get him live and get him in person, ask him some good questions, and get exposed to what he's all about. So, on the scheduled day with our tickets, we went out to the hotel to sit in on an education and training session with Mr. Gitmer. And I don't remember specifically what he talked about that day in a very, very specific sense, but I remember the general conversation. And the thing I remember the most is my, my boss and I were sitting next to each other and we have very different sales styles. We have very different attitudes and perspectives on selling. Uh, we're close enough in age that I would say we were of the same generation, but uh, differences in mentoring, differences in experiences really produced in us two very different salespeople. And this story so illustrates that. We were both taking notes because we're those kind of guys with a, a yellow legal pad and a pen back in those days. And Gitmer in leading the class asked the question. He said, I want you to write down in your notes what is the most important question you can ask your customer? And of course, everybody kind of looked at their own pad and was doing their own thing, but I'm looking at my boss and I'm writing on my pad and I'm peeking out of the corner of my eye. And I wrote down on my paper, how can I help you grow your business? How can I help you grow your business? My boss on his paper wrote, how many would you like to order? And I thought this was a stunning example of a difference in approach as a salesperson. My boss came from the school of ask for the order, ABC, always be closing. Those were some of his mantras, some of his mentalities. Ask for the order, always be closing, get the sale, get the orders into the office, bill the customer. That was his perspective. My perspective on the other hand was very, very different. And I'm not saying he was wrong. I'm just pointing out how different the questions were. My question had nothing to do with ordering today, had nothing to do with spending money, had nothing to do with executing a transaction right here and right now. 
Now, let's be honest, Mr. Gitmer didn't tell us, was this a first-time cold call? Was this a repeat visit to an ongoing regular customer? None of those things were discussed, but it didn't matter. This was a difference in perspective of seeing selling as service. In week one, we talked about selling as helping. Week two, we talked about truth and integrity. Here we are now talking about selling through listening. How can I help you build and grow your business? I think it's about recognizing sales as a discovery process, building the understanding of the customer, where they're at, where they're going, what their needs and wants and hopes and dreams and wishes are before we take the process the next step further. Selling through asking questions. I think in our business, let's bring it behind the chair, let's get into the beauty and barber business. One of my favorite lead questions is, how can I help you with your hair? How can I help you with your hair? That is an open-ended question. That is intended to be a thought-provoking question. One of the important things I think we need to take into consideration when we talk about client interaction in the haircutting business is, they came to us. We are not cold calling. We are not prospecting. Now, granted, we may be out and about soliciting referrals, looking to build and grow our business. Those are important business building conversations. Those are definitely cold calls. Those might be very much the other perspective, but I'm talking about within the four walls of the business. They walked in. Nobody forced them to come in. Somebody might have told them to come in. Somebody might have referred them, but they came to us. That reverses some of the dynamic a little bit. You're here. I'm here to help. I don't think, you know, there's, there's the idea. I don't think you go into a store. You may be looking. You may be just gathering information. You may be early on in your selling process. But I don't think anyone goes into a store not realizing or understanding that when a transaction takes place, they will be surrendering money and receiving something, whether it be a product or a service on the other end. We understand the dynamics of these interactions. They came to us. That really gives us an incredible opportunity to take a deep breath, feel the pressure come off a little bit, and open up that discovery process. Selling through asking questions. When it comes to asking questions, I always like to say, avoid say no questions. A say no question is any question that can be answered with the word no. Would you like to buy a widget? No. Are you uh, interested in taking some of this home today? No. Anytime you ask a question that has a potential yes or no answer, you're really opening the door wide to no. And once the client answers no to the question, you're kind of dead in the water. You could ask, why not? And begin to open a dialogue with an open-ended, thought-provoking question. But I'm more inclined to believe we're better off if we ask the open-ended, thought-provoking questions first. Because if we do that, and information is shared, we gather information, we may never really have to ask for the sale. The sale may organically happen as a result of, and as a byproduct of the forward motion of our conversation. So we're gonna ask questions, we're gonna avoid say no questions. I'll give you examples of say no questions. Say no questions are any question that cannot be answered with a yes or no answer. Say no questions are questions that require 
information. I'm just going to give you the first few words and you can plug in all kinds of words after that into each one of these questions. Number one, what do you think, dot, dot, dot? What do you think about your hair? What do you think about this picture? What do you think about products of this type? We want to know their thoughts, their ideas. We want them to open up where they're at with things that only provides us with information and information becomes powerful in moving the sales conversation forward. Another great one. What do you want? What do you want your hair to look like? What do you want your hair to do? What do you want your morning routine to look like? Another one is how much, how much we're asking for a quantity. How much time do you want to spend on your hair? How much time do you want to spend getting haircuts? How often do you want to come in? Something like that. When do you? When do you do this or that? When do you want to do this or that? When do you love your hair the most? When do you feel like your hair is really not living up to your expectations to keep all this hair related? And of course, another good one is which? Which do you prefer, A or B? Which do you find yourself doing more often, this or that? All of these questions are designed to inspire sharing, to inspire dialogue, to inspire conversation. Asking questions and avoiding say no questions. The last thing I want to talk about before we take our break and then move on to our technique of the week, I want to talk about 20 questions. <clears throat> you know the game, 20 questions? where someone is going to ask 20 questions to try to come up with an answer or uh, a particular thing that you're quizzing about. These are games we play in the car. These are games that, that uh, I mean, one was a TV show, I believe. Uh, games we play that involve thought-provoking question answering. You know, in the car, when my kids were growing up, we would play a game, I'm thinking of. And all you would be able to tell the other people in the car were was, I'm thinking of a person, or I'm thinking of a place, or I'm thinking of an object. And we would rotate around asking questions. And you were not allowed to ask yes or no questions. And you were not allowed to ask specific questions. Are you thinking of Bob? Uh, that was the final question when you thought you knew uh, the person or the place or the thing. And I think it was a great exercise in learning how to generate information, learning how to learn, learning how to understand and work your way to what this other person was thinking of. Uh, we continue to play the game now. The kids are, the, you know, my boys are adults and we still play this for fun from time to time, whether we're in the car or whether we're sitting around. And of course, we've had a, a good time with um, coming up with some really crazy, crazy things we're thinking of, but that only makes the questions you need to ask the next level of deeper thinking and, and exploring and scratching your head and figuring out, which I think made the game really fun, but it created some inquisitive young people uh, in our household. So um, selling by listening, a process of discovery and asking great questions. I think it can lead to a lot of success in getting to know your customers and being given the opportunity 
to fulfill their needs with the products and services that we offer. We're going to take a little break, and we're going to be right back with the Technique of the Week. Thanks for being here. Stick around. See you in a minute. Ivan here with a quick reminder. As of the day of the publication of this podcast, we are in the open enrollment period for my $100,000 Haircutter Academy. This is the only enrollment opportunity for the first quarter of 2021. We had two enrollment opportunities in 2020. We'll have the next one sometime after the first quarter, after April 1st. But if you want to get going, getting growing by joining my $100,000 Haircutter Academy, it is a video-based self-guided monthly educational program. Every month you get an email which opens up the next component of the academy. There are videos to watch. There are documents to download. There's also coaching from text chatting to Facebook groups to Zoom calls. My way of helping you and guiding you through this academy. For a small monthly fee, less than the cost of a good professional haircut, I can help you be a $100,000 haircutter. For information, visit my website or reach out to me and I'll send you a link. Join the Academy today and get started growing immediately. Thanks for being here. Let's get back to the podcast. Okie dokie. Welcome back. Welcome into the back half of the podcast. Welcome into Technique of the Week. In our continuing series, this is week three of eight. And of course, I think it would not be appropriate for the technique this week not to be a question to ask. We talked about selling through discovery, selling through listening, selling through the asking of questions, and using the information we gain in those questions by asking those questions to move the sales process forward. So the technique of the week is a question. Now, I am going to break a rule I gave you earlier in the podcast, and that was I said don't ask what we call say no questions. Don't ask a question that has a yes or no answer. This is definitely a say no question because people can say no, but this question is used in a very specific situation. It's really used after the sale. Anytime anyone ever buys anything, anytime anyone ever buys anything, you ask the simple question. I feel like there should be a drum roll here. That's me knocking on the counter. Anytime anyone ever buys anything, ask the simple question, is one enough? Is one enough? Now, this is powerful, and here's why. Almost every answer to the question, other than no, will result in sales going up, selling more. By the way, the whole point of all of this was increasing sales, so selling more really is on track and consistent with our whole purpose here, reason for being. Anytime anyone ever buys anything, ask the simple question, is one enough? Never ever in the history of sales, when anyone ever bought anything, if they were asked the question, is one enough? I don't believe anyone has ever declined the first one because they were asked about a second one. No one's ever said, hey, I was going to buy one, but since you asked me to buy two, now I won't buy one. The first sale is done. The first sale has been made. The first sale is secure. The customer has agreed to buy that bottle of shampoo, that bottle of gel, that puck of wax, whatever it is. They're in. They're buying. Is one enough? It's such a simple question. But listen to the answers. If a customer says, yeah, one's enough, 
You're good. You made a sale. Congratulations. Wrap it up. Take their money. However, if the customer says, you know what? Let me have a second one. I need one for my gym bag or my travel kit or the, 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 the weekend house, uh, the, the cabin, uh, the boat, whatever. You know, I always tell people, I think I'm normal and I'm currently involved in a relationship with four bottles of styling gel. I use gel. I have one in my bathroom. I have one in my wife's bathroom. I have one in my gym bag, one in my travel kit. I'm using more than one bottle of gel. You probably do too. Is one enough? Yeah, one's good, but give me the bigger one. They buy a larger bottle. They're spending more money. You know what? One's good, but I'd also like a travel size. I'll take a small one to go with it. Sales just went up. Is one enough? Yeah, one's good, but do you have a conditioner to go with this shampoo? Sales just went up. Is one enough is such a powerful technique. You know, in my shop back in the day, what we did is I printed little file folder labels that said, is one enough? I had them on the back edge of the front desk facing towards the cashier. I had them inside the drawers in our styling stations where when a stylist opened a drawer, they would see is one enough. These were helpful little reminders to remind everyone that anytime anyone ever buys anything, ask the simple question, is one enough? Of course, it's a say no question. Yeah, one's good. I don't need another one. One's good. I'll take that one. We're still selling. But the magic happens with all of the other possible answers. I believe is one enough as a single tactic incorporated into your behind the chair selling has the potential to see your take home hair care product sales double, literally double, double your business with the simple question is one enough. This has been season two, episode three, week three of eight in the selling skills behind the chair series. We've got five more to go. I'm going to see you next week. In the meantime, don't forget to check out the text blog that supports this. I'm posting something special this time. Um, don't forget to check out the Patreon online community. Join the tribe with $100,000 haircutter tips every single day. And all of the other good stuff we got going on. It's an open enrollment period right now for my $100,000 haircutter academy. The monthly video-based academy to help you build and grow your business, to get going, getting growing. All of these things are out there for help and assistance. Ivanzoot.com. Use the talk to Ivan function. I'm here to help you. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for being here. Have a great day.